everybody, and thank you for joining me today on a very special Masters Review and Preview episode of Next on the Tee. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and today I have the wonderful privilege of spending some time with Mr. Gary Player. For the fifth year in a row, Mr. Player joins me here to you know, take us for a walk through his now 60 years of being a part of uh, Augusta National and the, the Masters Tournament. We'll talk about his win back in 1961 over Arnold Palmer, the longevity that he and Jack Nicklaus have had winning majors, and the needling that he and Mr. Nicholas have back and forth, depending on who hits the longest drive off the ceremonial first tee on Thursday. Really, folks, there, there's no greater thrill than to get to sit back and listen to Mr. Player share stories about the rich, rich history of the Masters, and we're going to do just that when he joins me here in just a few moments. Next on the tee is sponsored by the French Lick Resort. Let's hear uh, a word from our friend Steve Rondinero about the things they have going on up there. Play the courses the champions play. The Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lick Resort. The 2017 NCGOA National Course of the Year. Our Pete Dye course hosts the first ever Senior LPGA Championship presented by Old National Bank this July. French Lick's Donald Ross course is looking good as it turns 100 this summer and hosts the Donald Ross Centennial Classic Symmetra Tour event. Book your golf vacation now at FrenchLick.com. Yeah, the resort is absolutely spectacular, folks. Go online to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself how great a place it really is and to book your stay. And speaking of great, if you've joined me here over the last couple of months, you've heard about the meteoric rise of the Bradley Putter Company from concept back on Black Friday to one of the sensations at the PGA Merchandise Show in January. Bradley Converse, the owner of Bradley Putters, joined me last month, and we're proud to be partnering with Bradley to help promote their unique line of outstanding putters, which are made from burrow wood. And, folks, these aren't ornamental putters. They are, you know, absolutely spectacular. People are raving not only about the look but the feel of the Bradley putter, and it's, you know, I'm really excited to get mine. They are custom-made based on the shape and colors that you like. Go online to bradleyputters.com to see how fantastic this new line of putters really is. And I also want to give a shout-out to our friends over at the Bobby Jones Company. Folks, it's time to change things up, right? Spring is here, and the Bobby Jones Spring Collection is also here with fresh new colors and additions that have genuine, enduring character. From new polo-style shirts to long-sleeve button-down shirts to tech shorts that are ready to hit the links and whenever you are, or any other warm weather outing that you're going to be going to, the Bobby Jones brand are going to keep you feeling great and looking great, whether you're on the golf course or in the office. And when you place your order online, enter the promo code next on the tee to get 10% off. So you can freshen up your wardrobe from an iconic brand, save a little money too. So go to bobbyjones.com and enter the promo code next on the tee and freshen up your wardrobe for the spring. Plus, while you're on you know, the Bobby Jones site or you're in the Bobby Jones frame of mind, go to bobbyjonesclubs.com to see a great line of drivers, fairway woods, and hybrids designed by one of the game's most influential equipment designers, Mr. Jesse Ortiz. And Jesse, like his father Lou and Bobby Jones himself, has a passion for the game of golf and golf club design. You remember his great uh, tri-metal uh, fairway woods from his days back in Olimar. Well, now he's putting his creativity and his innovative designs toward creating great golf equipment for the Bobby Jones Company. Check them out online by going to bobbyjonesclubs.com. And I also want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Callaway Golf. Callaway has been the fastest-growing golf brand since 2013, and the Chromesoft Golf Ball has been a major part of that. 
Chrome Soft is extremely fast, incredibly soft, and unbelievably easy to control, which is why Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, Jim Furyk have changed to the Chrome Soft. You have to be willing to change to get better, right? Chrome Soft and the new Chrome Soft X are in stores now. See what they can do for you at, by going to CallawayGolf.com. Chrome Soft, it's the ball that changed the ball. And every week here on Next on the Tee, you know we like to kick off the show by saluting the brave men and women in every branch of our military who are tuning in around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. We want to thank all of you for the daily sacrifices that you and your families are making to protect our freedoms and our liberties. We also want to thank our veterans for all that you and your families have done for us over the years. It's through your collective strength and efforts that our way of life continues to be possible. So folks, please, if you happen to see a member of our military when you're out and about, whether you're in a grocery store at a restaurant, in the airport, wherever you might be. Please stop for a moment and tell those folks thank you. They are the ones who should be our true heroes. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz and the wonderful folks at the Armed Forces Radio Network. It continues to be such an honor for us to have Next on the T as a part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org. And I also want to remind our veterans, please be sure to continue to check out globalvoiceforveterans.org. What a great site. you got a lot of news and articles and a wealth of information on there that are specifically geared towards our veterans out there. I'm sure you're going to find them both beneficial and interesting to you. Again, globalvoiceforveterans.org. Now back with me in making his fifth appearance on the French Lick Resort guest line is Mr. Gary Player. You all know that Mr. Player won nine major championships, three Masters, three Open Championships, two PGA Championships, and one U.S. Open. But perhaps here are a couple of things you may not know. He won the career Grand Slam when he was 29 years old. At the time, he was only the third player to achieve that after Gene Sarazen and Ben Hogan. Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods will later join him. As a golf architect, he has over 325 design projects on five continents. He's authored or co-authored 36 books. He played in 52 consecutive Masters tournaments, which is a record. And last year, at 80 years young, he made a hole-in-one in the Masters Par 3 contest, his fourth ace in that event, which is also a Masters record. And I'm honored to have him back with me and next on the tee this morning. Good morning, Mr. Player. Thank you for coming back and joining me again this year. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Mr. Player. How are you? Very well, thank you. Mr. Player, you know, from, from what I can see, this is your 60th year now you know, going to Augusta National. And back in January, you and your lovely wife, Vivian, you celebrated your 60th anniversary. So this isn't quite the same, but has it been a 60-year love affair of a different sort with Augusta National? Absolutely. Uh, How blessed am I to be able to attend this great tournament for the 60th time, a place where I had the privilege and honor of meeting President Eisenhower, uh, Bobby Jones, uh, who I think was one of the greatest golfers that ever lived. And uh, also, the thing is that uh, he was also, he had a great command of the English language. He was the most highly educated m- man who participated in world golf ever. So uh, it's been a, an accumulation of playing with Arnold and Jack and battling and uh, between us winning 13 green jackets, I think that's the number. Uh, and it's, it's just it's an accumulation as I've been, without being repetitive of beauty every year, this great place that is so beautiful. Uh, and it's just the memories you have, the people you meet, the wonderful people you meet. And I just love people. And 
you know, I've traveled more miles than any human being ever now. I've 64, 64 years of constant travel, and uh, it's just been a, it's a wonderful game, and Augusta's played what has been a very prevalent part of my life. And Mr. Player, you've said about your victory in 1961 that your wife and your dog were the only two rooting for you to win. And I think the same could be said of Mr. Nicholas when he won in 63 because of Mr. Palmer's popularity at the time and, and Arnie's army. At what point did you feel that the patrons sort of change and start to appreciate you know, both of you and, and, uh, and the things that you were accomplishing there? Look, when I was playing with Arnold, I'd just come from South Africa. Nobody knew me. And Arnold was a great icon, as we all know, and I appreciated that very much. So naturally, they were going to be pulling for Arnold. And I'd, uh, you know, I'd trained my mind. I, I did a lot of mind training, maybe more than, than most athletes at that time that ever did, because of my size. And I knew what I'd be batting against traveling around the world. So I'd trained my mind, and it didn't upset me at all, the fact they were pulling so hard for Arnold. I understood why they were doing that. People have always been, in America, people have been phenomenal to me all my, my career, but they were obviously pulling for Arnold. I think Jack got the raw end of the stick. I think Jack, uh, people were actually cruel to Jack when he was playing against Arnold. They were cheering when he made a bogey, and uh, they were saying things like, fat Jack, uh, and Jack didn't deserve that because Jack Nicholas actually is the greatest gentleman that I've ever played golf with in my career. And so it was unfortunate, but Jack overcame that as well. Jack had a, a strong mind, and uh, he overcame that and went on to do things that nobody else had ever dreamt of doing. So it all worked out very well in the end. And, and to that point, Mr. M Mr. Player, you've talked about how, you know, when people ask you about Jack Nicklaus, you know, they, you don't talk about what a great winner Jack Nicholas was. You talk about what a great loser Jack Nicholas was. Talk about what you meant by that. Well, if you watch sportsmen and sportswomen today, I mean, uh, watch some of those tennis players. It always upsets me when I see they lose. They hardly shake hands. Now, if you look at Federer and you look at Nadal and, uh, and you look at Djokovic, when those, those three killer guys lose, they really, they put their arm around the guy and they say, you know, they, you can see that they really appreciate the fact that they played well. And you've got to, as an athlete, man or woman, realize you are going to lose more than you're going to win. And it says in the Bible, enjoy the success of others, because when you have success, you'd like them to enjoy yours. And so for me, when I was around Jack Nicklaus, and the way that when I beat him, I beat him in the World Match Play Championship in England over 36 holes, twice in two separate years. I beat him six and four, five and four. And he put his arm around me like it was my brother. And because he knows you're going to lose. And he knows he's going to have probably more victories than anybody else. And those are the things that to me leave a lasting impression of how you behave. And I think behavior... And this is something we've got to teach young people in the world today because young people in the world have such a sense of entitlement. And quite honestly, nobody's entitled to a damn thing. You've got to earn it the old-fashioned way, like you did when America, when I first came here. You had to earn it. 
hard, hard work. Nothing given to you. You had to work hard. And you had to have good manners and you had to have respect. And you had to go for good education. And you had to honor your mother and your father. Today around the world, parents what to do. Of course, parents are to blame for being so weak anyway. Mr. Player, you and Mr. Palmer and Mr. Nicholas, you guys traded the green jacket from 1960 to 1966, and then you and Mr. Nicholas got to share a moment of that again in, in 75 after you had won in 74, and you both would go on to win the tournament one more time after that. You three years later, Mr. Nicholas 11 years later. Is the biggest statement for how great you and Mr. Nicholas were, is, you know, when you look back, Mr. Palmer was outstanding from 58 to 64, but it was a, a six-year window for those majors. But you and Mr. Nicholas, you guys did it over the course of almost 30 years. Is that the best statement for how great, you know, the two of you were? You're the first person in all my 64 years that has picked that up. Arnold had a very, very short career. He won majors, as you say, for six years. I won for 20 years, and Nicholas won for 25 years. You're the first person that has ever noticed that. And to me, uh, when I judge, you know, there are different ways of judging superstars and stars. Um, Arnold was a superstar, no question. But he had a very short career, as Ballesteros had a very short career, as Nick Faldo had a very short career. And so, to me, when I judge players, uh, I always say, well, what about longevity? That, you know, if you've got a motor car, a car that lasts the longest has obviously got the best engine. You look at Sam Snead. Sam's stateable. I think Ben Hogan is the greatest striker of a ball that ever lived. But Sam Snead, he, he's debatably the best player that ever lived because he had such incredible longevity. Uh, one of the things that I was very proud, I won a tournament in America at the age of 63. And that happened because I worked so hard. And without uh, boasting, I'm the only man that ever won the Grand Slam on the regular tour and the senior tour for the simple reason that when I turned 50, I was in as good a condition I was when I was 25 and worked out hard, and it paid great dividends. And what upsets me is when I listen to the Golf Channel, people talking about how Tiger overtrained and, and, uh, these, and Rory McIlroy's got to be careful. I mean, I, I just don't know. These guys, uh, how much have they been in the arena to give that opinion? How much have they studied uh, exercise? How much have they studied dietitian? A diet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Tiger Woods played his best when he was pumped up and and bulky. He played his best. That's when he's when he's his best. Rory McIlroy is built like Tarzan, and look how beautifully he swings the club. He has the best golf swing in the world. The more you exercise, the better you're going to play, and the longer you're going to live, and the greater quality of life you will have. So I hope young people will not take any notice of these people that are criticizing all this amount of exercise. Mr. Player, look, looking at the course of, of your, you know, the span of time that you've been coming back to Augusta National, when you look at the course now, how much different is it from the course that you played in the 60s than the change to the 70s and to what you see now? Excellent question. In actual length, much longer. In condition, 10 times better shape than it ever was when we played. Played the same. These guys are hitting more or less the same clubs to the greens that we hit because the ball was 50 yards less when we played. When Hogan played, it was probably 60 yards less. I mean, Sam Snead and Ben Hogan 
played with junk golf balls. We played with ordinary golf balls. Golf balls. Today they are. That's actually, I think, one of the great detriments that has hurt golf more than any single factor is the golf ball. The fact that nobody, no leaders have had the courage to keep it at the right length it should be. So what happens now? Pros go to golf courses and they hit a drive and an eight iron to the par five. I mean, look at uh, I.E. Baba Watson, I think, hit a, a gap wedge to 13 at Augusta and a nine iron over the green at 15. Now, Nicholas used to hit a five iron there, but Baba Watson doesn't hit the ball further than Nicholas used to hit in his heyday. But the ball goes so much further. So now all these clubs around the world, all around the world, are changing their golf courses, bunkers in front of the green, making the greens undulating, and the members hate it, and the members can't play it, and so they don't play golf. Golf rounds have gone down, due, my opinion, due to the golf ball, the, 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 a, the excessive length that the ball is going to. We should have cut the ball back 50 yards for professional golf, and let the members have any ball they like. And let them enjoy themselves. Uh, I never understood how they could stop the long putter with weekend golfers. Yes, it should not be allowed in professional golf whatsoever. But in amateur golf, don't stop them. There are thousands of people with the yips. Those people are going to stop playing golf now. We're chasing them away. We're not doing things to encourage people to play golf. We're chasing them away. We're crazy. Mr. Player, when 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 you come when you come back to Augusta National, maybe you're bringing people that have never been there before. What are what are some of the things? What are some of the special things that you like to show people that are that are new to Augusta National have never walked those grounds? I, I brought some people here from uh, three companies that I represent: Rolex and uh, SAP, the software company, and Berenberg Bank. Uh, who are now in, from a Germany, a German bank who are now situated in America, and they come there with me uh, this week. They're in awe. The beauty—you can't find a weed. You cannot find a weed on the golf course. Uh, the fairways are magnificent. The greens are magnificent, and the beauty and the way things are organised, the cleanliness and the discipline. Uh, and then you go to Berkman's Place, which is open for eight days a year. <laughs> And then you see the press facilities and the practice fee that costs $100 million. Can you imagine people coming here? I come back here every single year, and I'm still in awe. But I want to just say something where Lee Trevino is probably, had, he's been the smartest street smart guy I've seen in golf. And he said what he never understood about the USGA and the RNA with their ideas on the long putter, uh, which was a great controversy. He said it was very simple. All you had to do is make the putter. You, you had a limit on the length of the putter, maybe 52 or 54 inches, whatever it was. And if you did that, nobody would be able to use the long putter in professional golf. But, don't, uh, but you should never have stopped it. I'm sorry I'm bringing it up again. should have never stopped the amateur from using it. Never. Mr. Player, just a couple more before we let you go. And, and I saw out on Twitter, you, you gave a little needle at Mr. Nicholas about the ceremonial first tee shot and out driving him. Does, does the, 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 whoever drives it longer, is that the bragging rights for the next year? Absolutely. And we like to kid each other. Jack and I tease each other all the time. And I said, listen, Jack, you know, I've outdriven you the last three years. Don't, don't get upset. I said, because you used to outdrive me by 50 yards. I said, 
you know, changes the price of survival. I'm in the gym and you're not. I'm in there all the time. So, you know, take it like a man. <laughs> we kid each other. We kid each other all the time. Jack says, he thinks when I drive him that I've almost won another Masters title. I said, you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> so looking at this year's tournament, Mr. Player, I think, you know, all eyes, you know, are, are going to be on Jordan Spieth as he, you know, tries to exercise the demons of last year going to number 12 and all of that sort of thing. And, and you've written a number of books, but one of the ones that I like the most is the one Don't Choke. And we talk about the mental side of the game on this show a lot. If you could give Jordan Spieth some advice for how to put that in the rear view and not let that bother him, or for any golfer, you know, for any of us that have trouble on a hole or have a bad swing or those sorts of things that kind of get in our heads, what, what's some advice you give us to, to let that go and just to move forward? Well, first of all, that book I wrote, Don't Choke. Every young golfer at college or a young kid should read that book. It really will help them. But I don't know how much young people read anymore. And the other thing is we've got a book called Gary Player's Black Book, which comes out today talking about life and business and, and the mind. Uh, so that's also interesting and the experience I've had at 81 years of age. But what I had the pleasure of playing behind Jordan Spieth in the practice round on Sunday. What a wonderful young man he is. And I met his father and congratulated him on raising his son so well. Well-mannered. And, and, and Jordan and I had a quick little chat. He, he's, he's a man. He's not going to let that worry him. That's, that's part of life. This is a golf course full of demons. And everybody has their turn. One year in 1962, I was two shots ahead of Arnold Palmer with three holes to play. I put my tee shot at 16, and those of you that know 16 green, it's the most difficult green in the history of the game. I put my tee shot 12 foot from the hole. Arnold missed the green to the right in the fringe. So he had to putt down there 65 feet. He had to hit the putt 20 foot to the right. And my caddy, uh, a wonderful African-American caddy called Nipper, who was the best caddy I ever had, said, we've won. I said, we sure have won. He can't get down in two from there because nobody ever has. It came down there at 100 miles an hour, hit the flag, and went in. I mean, you could hit a 1,000 putts. And the next hole, he hooks it into Eisenhower tree, and I hit it over the tree. I hit a 9-iron onto the green. He punches a 5-iron out of there onto the front edge of the green and holds that. So, and then, he, then in the playoff, 18 holes, I'm out in 33. He's out in 36. The 10th hole, he hits a terrible shot for his second shot to the right-hand side of the green, holds the putt across the green. So we all, and he goes on to shoot 31 to beat me. We all have our demons and, and, and sad stories at Augusta. I can give you many that I had. Jack Nicholas has had many. So it, that's, this, that's the golf course. That's why it's so phenomenal because, boy, it knocks you down and keeps you very humble, which is a great thing. So Jordan Speed has forgotten that. He'll go ahead. I think he'll do very well this week. My two choices, I think McElroy will win, which will be great for another addition to the Grand Slam, the five of us. It'll be good for golf. And I think Jordan Spieth will come in there and play well, which would be great after his collapse last year. And then, of course, we've got Dustin Johnson. He's going to be anxious to see how he plays after three victories in a row. Um, he's, he's, he's been phenomenal. But basically, Chris, 
It's the man who putts well. I'm so tired of hearing about how far somebody hits the ball. Every program, every article, every father about his son, all they talk about is long hitting. That's not what wins golf. What wins golf to him. Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson were not good drivers of the golf ball. They were number one in the world many times because they were the best putters, the best bunker players, and the best chippers. That's what wins tournaments. Plus, golf is a game of the mind. The mind. If I can look at people that were much better than Palmer, Nicholas, and myself, but never did very well because they didn't have the mind. And that's something that is a divine gift. You cannot cultivate that. It's a divine gift, and I put great emphasis on that. One last one, and to that to that point, Mr. Player, one thing that I heard Mr. Nicholas say all the time was only a handful of guys think they're winning or capable of winning a major. So you can eliminate most of the field right away, and on Sunday most of them are going to choke, and I'm not. Is that, is that you feel the same way? Is that sort of thing? You talk about the sharpness of the mind, that only a you know, handful of guys have that and are capable of winning a major? I, I agree with Jack. There, there are only so many uh, fellas that can win majors. It's a mighty big difference when you're winning a major and you're winning a tournament on the tour. A, a massive difference because you know this, the whole world is watching 1.4 billion at least. And you know it goes down in history. Uh, it's the final examination of the year, and it's the best challenge. And so, you know, a lot of a lot of players that know they won't win majors always poo-poo it. Uh, they don't want to put an importance on it because they know they're not going to win it. So psychologically, they tell the public, oh, it's not that important. But they know it is. I mean, uh, but anyway, I think Jack is right. Uh, as far as choking is concerned, everybody chokes. Just some choke less than others. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> Mr. P- Mr. Player, thank you so much for being so generous with your time again with me this year. It's always such a privilege for me to get to spend some time with you. Thank you for doing this. It's a pleasure, Chris. Where are you calling from, Chris? In Atlanta. In Atlanta. Okay, my yes, friend. Sir. God bless and, and God bless America. Thank you very much, Mr. Player. Take take care. All the best to you and your family. Wow, what a huge thrill to get to spend some time uh, with Mr. Gary Player. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I had such a great time. What what great stories. What a great privilege it is to get uh, a few minutes with Mr. Player. So I hope you enjoyed it. I also hope you'll come back and join me again next time when my guest will be Michael Verska, Global Director of R&D for Wilson Golf, PGA Tour Pro Kenny Knox, and, uh, and Brian Jacobs, Lead Instructor of the Golf Channel's, the Golf, Channel's Golf Academy, will join me uh, next time. So great show on tap coming up for you uh, here in, in just a couple of days. Thank you for being a part of today's show and listening in to, to my conversation with Gary Player. Again, great thrill. Can't thank Mr. Player enough for his time. Until next time, hit him straight, my friends. You've been listening to Next on the Tee with Christmas Carol, where PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors, and media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Saturday to hear more stories about the game we love from the people who love sharing those stories with you. It's all about the great game of golf. It's all about the great game of golf.